Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11 today. Matthew the 11th chapter. And I want to just share some things with you out of there. Matthew 11. And we'll begin... Uh, and I want to read a few verses here, uh, and I want to talk about some things this morning about how, uh, well, I guess if, if, if uh, we were to title it, we would call it the rest of faith, and how faith brings a rest in our life. In the book of Matthew, chapter 11, are we ready? Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Everybody say, rest. Rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I, I think sometimes Christians are doing this wrong. Because you run, you run into believers that their lives are always labor, always travail. I can remember years ago, it's like with some of the older saints, it's like if you didn't have a burden, you weren't sad, something was wrong with you. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus said His yoke is easy, His burden is light. What is His yoke? What is His burden? Well, He said, learn of me or learn from me. That's an easy burden to learn of Him or learn from Him. But He said said two times, He said, I want you to have rest. Rest. And so we're going to talk about this. We're going to look at, I don't know how many of these scriptures we'll get to look at today. Maybe a few, maybe maybe not so many. But we'll just see but I want to talk to you about how our Christian lives should be a life of rest. You know the word rest? How many know what rest is? Rest, you know, rest is pretty vital to our lives. How many know that? I mean, I, you know, they say that resting, it, it actually affects every area of your life. Every area. Every area of your body. You got to have that rest, you know. And so I want to talk about that this morning because... I want, I'm not talking about physical rest. I'm talking about spiritual rest. Amen. So don't, none of you fall asleep because that's not what we're talking about. But the word rest, I mean, you know, uh, when you look this word up, it means to pause or to cease from labor. It means a vacation, a real vacation. How I many know sometimes we take vacations, then we have to take a vacation from the vacation. See, what you may consider vacation may not be a vacation for me at all. I mean, going to be where there's a bunch of people and crowds at, that's not a vacation for me. I want to go where there's nobody. You know, I can have a good vacation in my backyard. Remember that? Anybody ever watched that? What was that movie where they had the bear on there? Uh, What was it? Jungle Book. Remember that bear? What was his name? Baloo? He said, come and fall apart in my backyard. Remember floating down? Well, you know, listen. Our Christian life 
we, we ought to be on vacation. <laughs> Thank you for your help, help. <laughs> you know, you say, well, I did in my life. Well, that's why I'm preaching to you, right? That's why I'm preaching to me. Because sometimes, you know, I find things piling up on me. And it's always because I'm not in faith. Faith, faith, we're going to show you the scripture for this, but, but Jesus said, I've come to give you rest. Amen. You know, beat down by religion, beat down. You know, sometimes, sometimes I mean, a week, you can make a religion out of anything. You know what I mean by a religion? Just by rote, there's no power to it, right? And uh, you could do that with some of the teachings, some of our word of faith teachings, you know. Mind if I just confess this 3,500 times, I know God's got to do something. How many know God's, got, God, God's not going to do something because you confessed it 3,500 times? God's going to do something because Jesus Christ paid for it at Calvary. Matter of fact, God's already done something because Jesus Christ paid for it at Calvary. You confessing it's just tapping into His grace. Right? You're just, you're just stepping over there on the grace part, the grace side. But, you know, I've seen, I've seen believers where we teach them the principles of faith, and next thing you know, man, they're using this. This is works, man. This is legalism to them, you know. And, I mean, if you make one wrong confession, they'll pull you over. We used to call them back in, in the beginning days, we called them uh, what, what was the, the confession police, the confession police, CC writers. You know, if, they, if you made a bad confession in our day when we first started in this, some Christian pull you over and give you a ticket for making a bad confession. But, you know, it's, it's not about that, of course. We, we want to say what the Word says because that's how we tap into God's grace. But, but they, they sometimes took it to we're trying to force God to do something. If we could just do this, we'll twist God and He'll do something. You know what? You know, sometimes people think if I can make God feel sorry for me. Honey, I'm telling you, he already feels sorry for you. He's been feeling sorry for you for a long time. That's why he sent Jesus. You know what I'm saying? God, God's not, if God was moved by that kind of thing, then, you know, if, if, need, if need's what caused God to move, then the, the truth of the matter is, you know, the devil's the one that causes needs. He'd be following the devil around. God moves because we believe what's already been provided for us. Amen. And, and, and we step over and we just, we had a guy come to our service one time. He was a, a pretty well-known evangelist. This was back in years ago, back in the eighties. And we had him come in. I knew him, you know, and, uh, and he, I will never forget the message. He preached that, that, uh, that service. He preached a message entitled, let God heal you. I never forgot that. Let him do it. Let him do it. Why? Because he's provided for it. Amen? He's already paid the price. Amen? Now, so this, this thing about rest, listen, we have to understand that, you know, God doesn't want our lives just tore up all the time. How I many tore up? How I many we all face, we all face difficult circumstances and, and, you know, it can knock you on your feet for a little bit, right? I mean, it can. I understand that. David, you know, when, when they, he came to Ziklag and, and the town was burnt and everybody was taken, the Bible said they wept till they had no more power to weep, didn't he? But did you know he didn't stay there? He said, bring me the, the ephod, which is how they inquired of God in those days. And he inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this troop? And the Lord said, go get them you'll, and overtake it all. You will go get it all back. 
And the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. So I'm just waiting for somebody to encourage me. Well, you know, maybe that might happen. Maybe it might not. Amen. You say, well, I just, I just, you see, if, if you're all stressed out about something, if you're believing God for something and you're all stressed out about it, guess what? You're not in rest. You're not in faith. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not really in the right place where you need to be. You're trying to make it happen. You're trying to cause it to happen. How I many it's already happened? Amen. Now, I want to look at some things this morning. I hope, you'll, I hope you get something out of this. If you don't, don't tell me. I don't even want to know. But I think you will. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Go there. Hebrews, the third chapter. So Jesus said, I've come. I want to, I've come to give you rest. Hebrews chapter 3. And we're going to look at a few passages today. Uh, I don't know if we'll get through it all or not. Let's see. Hebrews chapter 3. Go there. And uh, I want to begin reading at verse 18. How many got it? 3.18. The Bible says, To whom he sware that they should not enter into his rest, but, excuse me, and to whom sware he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that the King James says believed not. Some modern translations say obeyed. And the reason why is because this word believe here also means to obey. If you don't believe, how many know you're not going to obey? Because they believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So God had a rest for His people. He had a promised land, didn't He? And that was a place of rest, you know, for them. But they didn't get in because of their unbelief. Because, now listen, they believed that the giants were bigger than their God. After all they had seen, God brought them out of Egypt I mean, there were some pretty cool signs coming out of Egypt. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, the frogs, the lice, the hail, the blood. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, and Pharaoh, you know, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the, in the shed because, I mean, the frogs come and Moses, you know, Pharaoh says, entreat the Lord to get rid of these frogs. He tells Moses, entreat the Lord. I'll, I'll do what the Lord said. Entreat the Lord to get rid of these frogs. And Moses said, when do you want me to entreat the Lord to get rid of the frogs? And he said, tomorrow. He needs to be in leadership in America, doesn't he? This is not real bright. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, right? But anyway, how many understand that all they saw, all all these plagues, all of these things happen, and yet... They get over there on that cusp going into the promised land and they see, some, they see some opponents, some adversaries, some giants. And they get into unbelief. And they didn't enter in because of unbelief. Well, it's, I mean, you know, the Bible tells us that they were examples for us. We're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to read what happened to the children of Israel. You know what we're supposed to do? Not do that. Isn't that right? Don't do what they did. Do the opposite of what they did, and you'll get in to what God has provided. Yeah. Amen? So, he said they didn't enter in because of unbelief. Now, verse uh, 1, chapter 4, he said, Let us therefore fear, have, you know, I mean, man, take this serious, is what Paul's saying, lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now, you know, of course, ultimately, that, that you could say that's heaven, but, uh, you know, there's things, there's things even um, besides heaven that's part of our inheritance. Well, I thought you'd believe that. But anyway, there are. We got some stuff for down here. 
right? Healing's not for heaven. So people say, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be, well, well, yeah, you will be. Right? When I get to heaven, I'm going to, you know, have this or have that. Well, yeah, you'll have it when you get there. But why are you waiting? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, when you get to heaven, yeah, that's all going to be taken care of. Amen. There's not going to be a Baptist section, a Methodist section, a Pentecostal section. You know what I'm saying? We'll all, once you get to heaven, everybody will believe like me because I believe right. All right, moving right along since that was so humble. Praise God. No, how many know all of our theology gets strained up when we get to heaven? Mine included, right? What'd you say, right? What's wrong with mine? I'm just messing with you. How many understand? I'm sure there's a lot of things we don't know yet. How many can believe that? <laughs> right? You know, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that, you know, we could, we could do better. But, you know, thank God. How I many know God doesn't wait to bless you when you get perfect? If He did, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Thank God He sees us by the blood of Jesus, right? We're righteous, you know. Now, that's not a license to be, go out and mess up. See, that's not a heart after God. But when you do mess up, don't beat yourself up. Get up. Repent. It's like one guy, I heard him say one time, he did something, and he, he's a preacher, well-known. And he said he was, you know, kind of had to whine in his voice and telling the Lord, I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. And the Lord said, now, don't go start lying about it. But thank God, you know, our heart has to be right, doesn't it? Yeah. We don't want to do it again. But, you know, sometimes because you have flesh, you do things that you don't really, really didn't really want to do. Come on. You just let your flesh. Well, don't you all look at me like that. How many people have, how many people have overeaten regularly? <laughs> so I've got two honest people, and they're, just, they're some of the slimmest people in the church. So anyway, praise <laughs> God. All the... Whoever that might be, people that have a little excess baggage would have to pay if they were checked in as a piece of luggage. Um, they didn't even raise their hand. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But have me know, you don't really want to do that. I know I don't. There's times that when I do it, you know, I was like, the, you would not believe how many times on my planner I've restarted my weight loss program. It gets restarted every Monday. Well, let's weigh in again. But how me know that that's that's because you yield to your what? Your flesh. You don't have to do that, do you? You don't have to. I got one no. You don't have to yield to your flesh. You don't have to. We do sometimes. And see, even Paul said that in Romans chapter seven. He said, "The thing that I do, I don't want to do, and the things I want to do, I don't do." And after a while, you think, well, who's doing it then? You know? But then he lets you know, you know, it's this flesh. See? He said, I know that in me. Now, he clarifies this. He said, I know that in me dwells no good thing. Didn't he say that? But he clarified that because how many know we have, when we're born again, our spirit's in the image and likeness of God. All kinds of good things are in our spirit. But, but he clarified, he said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh. There's no good thing there. See, we're going to get a new body, right? And like unto his glorious body. But here's the thing. You know, God, God has a promised land for us to get into. He's got, he's got heaven. Yes, thank God heaven. But God has blessings right now all the way through eternity. So he has a promised land for us to get into. And you, you can't get in if you're in unbelief. 
Now listen to what he said, verse 2. He says, for unto us the gospel was preached as well as unto them. So they had their form of gospel, didn't they? Their form of good news. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed in faith within them that heard it. Well, how many believe that if it didn't profit them because they didn't mix faith with it, how many of it wouldn't profit us if we don't mix faith with it? That's what, that's what this is all about. Let, you know, they had, the, they had a gospel preached to them. They had a, a promised land preached to them. But because of their unbelief, they didn't get into it. Because they allowed circumstances to dictate what they believed their outcome would be. See, just because God's provided us a promised land doesn't mean he, He's gotten rid of all the giants. Did you know, you read this book, you read this book, you will not find one place where God told the children of Israel about the giants. He didn't even mention them. Do you think he didn't know they were there? That's a question. If you fail this one, all right, children's church is open. I'm not sure you're qualified for that either. How many know he knew about it, right? Why didn't he say anything about it? Because they're not a factor. All he told them was how good the land was. Is that right? Paul doesn't, Paul doesn't spend his time talking about the giants we're going to have to face. Oh, he lets us know they're out there, but he spends time talking about our redemption. Because that's all that matters. The redemption overcomes the giants. The gospel, the message, overpowers the, all the enemies. But you have to believe the message and not the enemies. It can be intimidating when you come up against a giant, but you've got to remember God's word is bigger. Amen? Amen? And so, listen, he said they didn't enter in because they didn't believe the word was preached. Now listen to this. This is what I wanted to get to, this verse right here. He said, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I've sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Let's stop there and then we'll read the rest of that verse in a minute. But I want you to notice, he tells us, if you believe, you enter into rest. How many believe you're going to heaven? Yes. Now why? Well, I'm hearing some good answers because you did what the word said do, right? Yes. So you believe you're going to heaven. How many have seen heaven? But are you at rest about it? I mean, you're not like, you know what I'm saying? You're not worried about it. You're not, you know, praying every day. Saying, Man, I hope I make it. Maybe I better rededicate again, you know. Come on. You know, there's times maybe you do need to rededicate, but if you rededicate every Sunday, maybe because you're not confident in your salvation. Right? A lady told me one time, she said, you can't know. I went to see this older lady. And, you know, I was respectful because I was just in my 20s at the time. She was an older lady. She's probably about 59 or something. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm teasing. She was, in, she was in her 80s or 90s. But anyway, and she was in a nursing home. And uh, she used to, she'd come to our church, you know. And, uh, but, but then she had some things go physically, which they put her in a nursing home. But she still had her mind and capabilities and all that. So I went to talk to her, you know, and just visit with her and, and, and she made this comment to me. And she, she went to her church. She went to her church. She heard the word of God, but 
Just because I heard the word of God don't mean to heard the word of God. Yeah. Right? right? And she makes this comment. She says, you, I just believe you can't know you're saved until it's over with. And I said, well, that's a little late for me. I want to know before I die. And I took her to 1 John that says we may know we have eternal life. That's the Bible, right? That we may know we have it. Not guess, but know we have it. Because what? We've, can, we've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But it still didn't satisfy her. She said, well, I just believe you can't know. Now, she was saved. But, you know, this, but could you imagine what kind of torment that would be, not knowing if you're going to heaven or not? I mean, I wouldn't want to live that way. It's like, I'll find out when I die. No, I don't want, I don't want to find out then. I want to make sure my, I've got my ticket before that train arrives. Amen. Now, notice what he said, verse 3 again. He said, for we which have believed, we do enter into rest, as he said, as I've sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although, listen to this, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That means as far as God is concerned, it's already done. It's already provided. Amen. Do you know the Bible tells us, in, it's in Revelation 13, it says Jesus was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God's already, God, God had the answer before there was a problem. That's how far ahead He is of us. He already had the answer. Before the foundation of the world. Before Adam messed up, God already knew how to fix it. Now, here's the interesting. I want to show you a couple of scriptures. One in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. Go, go to Genesis. Because this will light your fire once you see this. Genesis chapter, chapter 1. Go there. <clears throat> because it's important that we understand that, you know, God's got a rest for us. And we enter in by faith, by believing that He's already provided it. It's already a done deal. Amen? Our faith isn't making it come to pass. It's already come to pass in Jesus Christ. Our faith is just stepping over in that grace area where God's provided it, praise God, where He's made it available to, for us. Amen? Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, the Bible says this. I like this scripture. As verse 31, it says, And God saw everything that He made, and behold, it was all right. No. How many of it doesn't say that, does it? What does it say? It was very good. Or you could say excellent in every way. Amen. Now, in the Mark Pro Ministries Bible, which I have right here, which has the commentary notes, see right there? Commentary notes. It says, don't stop until it's excellent in every way. That's the way it's supposed to be in our life. Amen. Excellent in every way. Don't stop believing until it's excellent in every way. Amen. Now notice he said, God saw everything that, it was, that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Everybody say, very good. Very. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day, and thus the heavens, verse, chapter 2, verse 1, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. Say, finished. And all the host of them, and on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from his, all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his works which God created and he made. Now, how many know God wasn't tired? Right? Why did he rest? Because he was done. It's fin Everybody say it's finished. 
other words, he put everything that creation would ever need in creation. It's all there. So you hear, I, I don't know, it was uh, this year. I didn't watch it because I don't watch these programs, but I saw the, the news report on it. And, uh, you know, um, what's this news thing that comes on Sunday after football? There's a news thing. 60 minutes. 60 minutes. Had drugged this guy out. I don't know where they found him at. He must have been landed on some cardboard somewhere. But they had, we had him in the 70s. And he was talking about how the world was overpopulated and we're all going to die, you know. And that was in the 1970s. And somewhere or another, 60 Minutes just didn't have anything else to do. And they went and found this guy and dragged him out under some piles of cardboard, brushed him off, and brought him and put him on air again. And now he's telling, he told us in the 70s, we were running out of things. We needed to, you know, we needed to have so many kids. And then now they brought him back in 2023. I can't believe he's still alive. And he's telling us the same thing. And I'm thinking, what kind of fools believe this stuff? People whose minds are darkened. I mean, God didn't make this earth and tell us to be fruitful and multiply, the only command we ever kept. And then say, wait a minute, I didn't think you'd go that far and have that many kids. I mean, there's plenty here. I, I remember, because we would hear stuff. You see, people don't realize it, but if you've lived long enough, see, a lot of the young, younger people that are reporting this stuff, they, hadn't lived, they didn't live through some of it. We lived through when they were telling us this years ago, we were all going to die. They told us in the 70s, we were going to, you know, because the 1970s was one of the coldest decades on record, 1970s. And they told us the reason was we had an ice age coming. You know that? Yeah. Well, how many remember, old enough to remember that? We, I mean, we were told that, that we're going to all freeze to death. You know? And so now we're told, well, forget that. We're all going to burn up. I mean, none of that's biblical. This may, you know, this rubs people the wrong way, but... Uh, we saw it, you know. We, we, and then I remember they were telling us we were going to run out of land. There was just too many people. And I got up on an airplane first time, and I thought, man, who lives down here? There's, a, there's more space not being occupied than is being occupied. I'm thinking, man, we could triple how many people on the planet. We still got plenty of room here. I mean, come on. There's always going to be those naysayers, those trumpet blowers that are, you know, in it for whatever, popularity, money, fame, whatever. But it's just not true. God, God put everything we need here. How many know that? Isn't that right? You know, now they're trying to get us to quit eating beef. You know, cows are destroying the planet. Cows have been here for a long time. You know, we're all going to have to eat vegetables. Now, if you'd like to eat vegetables, that's fine. But, you know, I'm eating beef till Jesus comes. Hey, Jesus ate fish. Right? So, you know, it could be your personal taste that you want vegetables. That's fine. Eat those. You know, great. No problem. You know, uh, some people do that. They like it. Uh, I don't. <laughs> we'll take five years off of your life if you don't eat vegetables. Well, I'll just take the five years and go to heaven. I don't believe you anyway to start with. But if that would be the case, if that was really true and, you know, eating meat cut my life short by five years, I'm good with it. 
I'm going to heaven anyway. Some of you are looking funny, but that's just the way I feel about it. You can feel however you want to, but I'm not eating vegetables just to get five years out of life. Sorry. That's me. You don't have to be that way. And I don't say that's a good doctrine. I say that's just me. Amen. Unless I'm wrong, and I'm never wrong, I think we'll be all right. How many, how many believe that we're going to be all right till Jesus comes back on this planet? We're going to have what we need, right? Right? You know, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. They were all starving and doing without. No, they had plenty, didn't they? So don't believe this. Don't, be, don't get in fear. God's got, God put everything. He finished it. He put everything here that we need, right? You mean you don't believe the planet's warming? Of course the planet goes through different temperature cycles. The 1930s, if you'll study history, was the warmest decade on record, period. We haven't had anything any warmer than the 1930s. So what they do today is compare everything to the 1970s. So if you compare the coldest decade to what's going on now, yeah, it looks like we've warmed up and we have warmed up. But hang around. You know, I might not be around to see it. The Lord may come back or I may go to my eternal world. But we're going to have an ice age coming again. And the same people that fell for it will fall for it again. But we're not, right? God's taking care of it, right? I don't think God made a planet and we can tear it up. This planet is a Tonka truck. So that was a little old for some of you, right? How many remember Tonka trucks? You can't tear them up, right? So everybody say, the heavens and earth were finished. Go to John's Gospel, John's Gospel chapter 19. Real important that you see this, because if, you, if, you, if the devil can keep you from seeing this, he can keep you in the land of, well, will it happen or won't it happen? When you know God's already taken care of it, then you're not in that land of maybe it might, maybe it won't. You enter into the rest of faith that God has provided everything I need. John chapter 19 and um, verse 27. John 19, 27 says, Then say, let, let me, let, let's go down to 28. John 19, 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, this is him on the cross, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. In other words, he knew, Jesus knew that everything that the Old Testament prophets said, that now everything was accomplished, that that might be fulfilled. In other words, you need to understand this about, we know that Jesus on the cross, how many know he was still going into the tomb, right? He was still going to be resurrected, right? But here's the thing you have to know. Once his blood was shed, it sealed and ratified the new covenant. It was a done deal. Hebrews tells us he was raised from the dead by by, by the blood of the covenant. As Hebrews 13 tells us that our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, who God brought again from the dead by the blood of the everlasting covenant. In other words, when he shed his blood, it was a guarantee that the rest was coming to pass. Hallelujah. Now, so that's what he's talking about. He shed his blood. It's a done deal. Now, there was set a vessel, verse 29, full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. 
Now listen to this. This is really, really good. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is what? Vinegar. It's what? Vinegar. It's what? Vinegar. Thus the heavens and earth were what? Vinegar. Jesus just said, it's finished. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Now, what was finished? I'll tell you what was finished. He just completed the new creation. Yeah, we know he still had to be resurrected, but it's a done deal because he shed his blood. It's all, it's all coming to pass now. That blood sealed it. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. See, what, he, what, what am I saying to you? Here's what I'm saying. Everything the natural creation needed, God finished it in Genesis chapter 1, 2. It's all there. John 19, Jesus said it's finished. He finished the spiritual creation. Everything we need is already supplied. Hallelujah. See, it makes a big difference if you know that because then the devil can't talk you out of it. You know, say, well, you know, you, God won't do this. God won't. He's already done it. He's already done it. It's already a done deal. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we just got started, so I guess... We'll quit there, but 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 it's important that we understand. Uh, we there, there there's a promised land for us, Amen. There 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 there's a, a land of promise, you could say, Amen. And um, really, that that's the best way to say it is the land of promise, because it's a land full of promises. And uh, you know, and really, that's the way the Bible says it: the land of promise. We sometimes we say promised land, but it's not really a land we're going to. It's promises we're going to, see. And so once you get into the faith about it, there's a rest in your life. Amen. Even though you don't see everything coming to pass yet, you know it's going to because it's been provided. It's already a done deal. I, I, all I got to do is just believe what the Word says. I get over into grace. I get over to the area where it's supplied, where, where it's provided. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you? See, it, it takes the fight out of it. See, the fight of faith that we have is the fight to keep in faith when we're seeing all these natural things. See, if we read on down here in Hebrews, it says we've got to, and it sounds kind of funny. It says we have to labor to enter into His rest. You've got to labor to rest. What does that mean? Well, you've got you to fight off the unbelief, the doubt, and all that to enter and rest. Amen. You can't just, listen, this is a deep revelation, but you can't, you can't just believe everything you think. You can't accept what you're thinking as reality. Has anybody ever awakened in the morning and felt depressed? And then you looked in the mirror and you were double depressed? <laughs> How many understand that's just called feelings? That's your natural man, right? That's not your spirit man. Your spirit man never wakes up depressed. Now you have to choose what you're going to walk by. Amen. Because I, you know, if you didn't know any of the promises of God, which some people don't know many, but if you didn't know any of the promises of God, if you just knew you were going to heaven, that... Brother, that ought to make you excited, right? Have you ever told your kids too early that you were going to take them someplace that they wanted to go? 
And that was a mistake, wasn't it? Because now, I mean, they want to know when, right? So you learn after, you, you, after a while, you learn, don't tell them until we're getting ready to leave. Because <laughs> they're going to hound you about it. Because they're excited about it, right? It's like one preacher said one time, he said, I think it was somebody in his church, they, his son, his little boy, was believing for something, and his dad was teaching him how to walk by faith, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> but his boy, I can't remember what his boy was believing for now. You know how kids are. They got real big projects going, you know, like a new truck or something, I mean, toy truck. Anyway, it was, something, it was something like that. So his dad was teaching him how to walk by faith and to believe God and trust God and ask God for things. And, uh, you know, time went by, and it hadn't happened yet. And his dad told him, said, well, we're just believing for the manifestation. And he said a little time went by, and, and he asked his dad about it again. And his dad said, well, we're just believing for the manifestation, son. He said the third time his son said to him, he said, Dad, when is the man from the station going to come? <laughs> well, how I many when you realize that, it, that God's already provided it, it's already there, it's just a matter of us stepping over it by grace, by faith, into the, the grace He's provided, it, right? How I many know the Bible says we're saved by? Through what? Through faith. It's God's grace that saved it, but you got it by faith, didn't you? Amen. Everything comes that way. Amen. Now what happens is the fight of faith is the devil tries to talk you out of it by getting you to look at circumstances and so forth. And when that happens, and you look that way, then you're just like the Israelites. You, you, get, into dis, you get into unbelief, and uh, you don't get into the promised land. But we're going to keep our faith out there. Amen. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.